وَأَرْسَلْنَاهُ And we sent him إِلَى تُو مِئَةِ أَلْفٍ مِئَةِ أَلْفٍ What does مِئَةِ mean? مِئَةِ A hundred And what does ألف mean? A thousand مِئَةِ ألف A hundred thousand We sent him to a hundred thousand Meaning when he finally regained his strength Allah sent Yunus alayhi salam to a hundred thousand A hundred thousand what? Years? No a people, a community of a hundred thousand, أَوْ يَزِيدُونَ Or they increase. Meaning the people increase the number to of a hundred thousand. Meaning a little more than a hundred thousand. Okay? Because it's very difficult for people to hear numbers such as one hundred thousand, one hundred and fifty-six thousand, three hundred and twenty-one. You know, it's a very difficult figure to even comprehend and think about and imagine and then remember. So, مِئَةِ أَلْفٍ أَوْ يَزِيدُونَ Allah sent Yunus salam to a people that were how many? About a hundred thousand. A little over a hundred thousand. فَآمَنُوا And then they believed. The same people who denied him before now believed in him. And look at how many there were. فَمَتَّعْنَاهُمْ So we gave them enjoyment ilahin for a time. We see that Yunus salam he left his people before time. So the punishment was averted. Yunus salam repented in the belly of the fish. And the people, they repented after Yunus salam left. In Surah Yunus, Ayah 98, this is mentioned, فَلَوْلَا كَانَتْ قَرْيَةٌ آمَنَتْ فَنَفَعَهَا إِيمَانُهَا إِلَّا قَوْمَ يُونُسِ لَمَّا آمَنُوا كَشَفْنَا عَنْهُمْ عَذَابِ الْخِزِيِ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَمَتَّعْنَاهُمْ إِلَى حِينَ So the punishment was averted from them because of the fact that their Prophet had left. Alright? And so they repented and آمَنُوا فَمَتَّعْنَاهُمْ إِلَى حِينَ Please go ahead. I noticed something interesting in this verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala normally, like, when the punishment is written on the people, actually happens to them. But you see how fair Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that because their prophet left before he was supposed to, the punishment wasn't sent on them. So it's a clear example of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always says that, you know, the punishment only came to them because they deserved it. That exactly is the case. That this time, because the prophet wasn't there for as long as he should have been, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't punish them. Very true. I was just reflecting on ayah, the last ayah that we did. Mm-hmm. Usually we hear the verse, um, So they disbelieved and, oh, like, sorry, um, they only had a short amount of time left. Yeah. Whereas here, even though the people had believed, it only benefited them for a short amount of time, meaning we're all still going to have to face the day of judgment. We all have a very limited time on this earth. Yes. Time is short anyway. Bismillah, I was thinking if Yunus he get this punishment because he just did one sin, imagine about us. So we have to do istighfar all the time and we don't know what is waiting for us. Yes. And if you think about it, if he left his people in anger, I mean, it seems very much justified. He was angry. They weren't listening to him. So he was frustrated and he left. But he did something wrong with respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he is Allah's servant. So he used to follow Allah's commands. So we really need to think about this that 
many times we do certain things, we leave certain things, thinking that there will be no consequences. Allahu alam. How much Allah disapproves of that action, of that word. So how necessary it is to constantly turn back to Allah seeking His forgiveness. I was thinking a little deeply about the last week, uh, yesterday's lesson, when we read that the people who mock the prophets, uh, how much Allah Taala dislike it when they mock uh, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu message, and how they were sent to hell. And uh, then in Surah Al-Baqarah's last ruku, when we say Amin al-Rasulu, and we do not differentiate between any prophets, and then we see. Everywhere when Quran talks about, and we know there were a lot more prophets, but the prophets that have been mentioned, every time they have been mentioned, they are mentioned with a lot of respect. And Allah Ta'ala keep on mentioning their good sifat, even when there is a mistake, we will consider a mistake in our words, has been mentioned, Allah Ta'ala has showed us uh, the reason for it and how it is. And Allah Ta'ala doesn't disclose anything that we don't need to hear. Just like in Surah Al-Baqarah, when that uh, Bani Israel's message came about the cow, that Allah Ta'ala said, don't go into those uh, petty things that how was it or what was it, but but get the message. Mm -hmm. And then Allah Ta'ala said, don't differentiate. Like we sometimes, people want to glorify one prophet and then they when we read it in detail in history, different things, we don't know they are right or not, and that's not even our business. Uh, our business is just to get derive the message that is for us. Yes, the practical lesson that is for us. Assalamu alaikum. You know how Yunus Salam was able to uh, do tasbih? It was because he was already doing outside. So when we are in difficulty, sometimes we don't know what to do. We, we are thinking about people because we are not used to doing tasbih before. Also, I was thinking that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't grow trees long and tall that he had to work so hard to because he was already so weak. Because of all of what he went through, Allah made so much ease for him. So he had plans that he could easily reach out to. And then when he went back to the same people who didn't listen to him, now more than the amount of people are, you know, there. The number is mentioned to show what a great population that was, how many people believed in him. And they accepted it. And this all happened because of the difficulty he went through. Yes, that's very true. That difficulties, they purify us and, and they take us to greater success. I think this also has a very good parenting lesson that sometimes parents give up on their children even you know, yeah. after a couple of warnings, you know. But it's like you should keep trying because you never know when your children will, you know, yes. listen to you. Very true. And not just children, actually. Anybody. Anybody that you're dealing with. It's your friends, your spouse, whoever. Don't give up on people. Assalamu alaikum. Um, so I just wanted to say two things. Firstly, that how much of a blessing it is for us that we have these stories and we can relate and then you know when we need these du'as like this du'a is so helpful the other thing is that sometimes Allah catches you in the moment and it sometimes doesn't even take seconds and you know that you did something wrong and he catches you right there and then it's one time uh, my mom asked me to do something and I outright rejected her I was like no I'm not doing it and I was writing at the time and my hand seized up and it wouldn't move and it hurt to move it and I couldn't write and that time she was like, you remember the dua of Yunus salam, you say it right now. And this is actually a blessing. That when we're doing something wrong, we are caught right there. So that we are 
made to realize the wrong that we're doing. Assalamu alaikum. I was reflecting upon the ayah, فَآمَنُوا فَمَا تَعْنَاهُمْ إِلَى They believed in him, so we permitted them to enjoy their life for a while. I believe like it's like another added blessing that the Prophet uh, Yunus got, like after he was like flung inside the belly of the whale, and then like after he made that dua, Allah subhanahu wa taala like took him out of the whale and then like like strengthened him with all the food and everything, and like even previously before his people didn't believe in him, but now that like when he made the dua, it was like another blessing. Like now his people believed in him. I think it shows like um, how we should not give up and like you know. We should like always constantly make dua and like never to give up in the hope of Allah. Yes, very true. And This is specifically mentioned because the punishment was due upon these people. All right, but because Yunus salam had left, it was averted, and when they believed, they were given an extension. I was just thinking that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him back on his job. He was responsible for 100,000 people and he became irresponsible. But nobody is going to take you back if you're going to show your responsibility, right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him back on his job and he became back on his duty. That's a blessing. Only Allah will do that. Because he forgives the sins of his servants. People don't forgive our mistakes. Allah forgives the sins of His servants. I think Allah Ta'ala maybe indirectly, the prophets who came after Him, there is kind of a message that Allah doesn't need anybody to choose to guide His people. Like guidance is always in Allah Ta'ala's hands. So in not directly with Allah Ta'ala is kind of showing His prophets too that if I want to guide people, I, I really don't need you, I can do it. But it's, it's kind of maybe done indirectly. This is a Makki surah and the Prophet ﷺ, he was being given reassurance over here and strength over here also because you see when you keep trying and trying and failing, you just want to quit, you want to give up. But the Prophet ﷺ was being given reassurance over here and confidence over here. Like we learn in the Qur'an that the stories of the Prophets are mentioned, فُؤَادَكَ To strengthen your heart through it. فَاسْتَفْتِهِمْ So inquire of them, ask them, from the word فَتَيَا فَتْوَى Ask them, O Prophet wasallam. Ask who? The mushrikeen. Those who believe that the angels are the daughters of Allah. Ask them, A what? لِرَبِّكَ For your Lord, Albanat The daughters? For your Lord, there are daughters? Walahum and for them Albanun the sons? What kind of a division is this? Because the Mushrikeen used to claim that the angels were female and the angels were Allah's daughters. And for themselves they never liked daughters. They wanted sons for themselves. So here the Mushrikeen are being addressed that on what basis do you say this? And what kind of a standard do you have? What you do not like for yourselves, you ascribe that to Allah? For your Lord, there are daughters, and for you, are sons? How, how is it that the best is exclusively for you? This does not mean that Allah likes sons for Himself. No. Allah does not need sons or daughters. This question is to make the mushrikeen think 
that firstly, you were doing something wrong by associating children to Allah. And secondly, what is worse is that you are associating something to Him that you do not like for yourselves even. So, أَيْنَ aql? Where is your reasoning? أَلِرَبِّكَ الْبَنَاتِ وَلَهُمُ الْبَنُونَ Am or khalaquna we have created al-malaikata the angels inatha as females plural of the word untha meaning have we created the angels as females wahum shahidun while there were witnesses who was witnesses the mushrikeen the people who say that the angels are allah's daughters did they witness the creation of the angels Meaning, how did they decide that the angels are female in the first place? Did they witness the creation of the angels? Impossible. Because the angels were created before us. And secondly, we cannot even see angels. Angels are made of light. So on what basis can people determine the gender of the angels? In Surah Al-Zukhruf, Ayah 19, it is mentioned, وَجَعَلُوا الْمَلَائِكَةَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ إِنَاثًا they have made angels who are Allah's servants into females. Allah questions, Ashahidu khalqahum? Have they witnessed their creation? Have they? No, they haven't. Allah, unquestionably. Allah over here, harf as if to say, listen, innahum, indeed they, min ifkihim, because of their ifk, because of their lie, layakulun, surely they say. What do they say? Because of their lies? Walad Allah. Allah has walada. Walada meaning He has begotten. He has a child. Out of their lies, they say that Allah has a child. Allah has begotten. Look at the words min ifkihim. Min, remember, what does min mean? From, and it's understood in different ways. Over here, min can be understood as min of ta'lil, of illah, of reason. So we will understand this as due to, because of. So because of their if, because of their invented falsehood, because of their lies, they claim that Allah has a child. Secondly, min can also be understood as min of tab'id. Meaning, Amongst other lies they attribute to Allah, they also say, Walad Allah. They have said so many lies about Allah, and one of those lies is, Walad Allah. This is a lie. Wa innahum lakadibun, and indeed they are liars. Liars when they say that Allah has a child. Whether they say that Allah has a son, or they say that Allah has daughters, this is a lie. This is something that has no basis. Allah asks again, Astafa. Ah. Hamza over here is of istifham, of interrogation. And istafa, istafa, Hamza al-Wasl over here is not written. Astafa, has he chosen, has he selected, would he select al-banat, the daughters, al-banin, over sons? What are you thinking? You think that Allah would choose daughters for himself and not sons? This does not mean that having daughters is a bad thing and having sons is a good thing. I mean, both are from Allah. Over here, the mushrikeen are being questioned based on their thinking, on their perspective of sons and daughters. They did not like daughters for themselves. They liked sons for themselves. 
So it's as if they are being proven wrong through their own logic, through their own beliefs, through their own preferences. أَصْطَفَ الْبَنَاتِ عَلَى الْبَنِينَ Has he chosen daughters over sons? مَالَكُمْ What is wrong with you? You won't even choose daughters for yourself when you're choosing them for Allah. كَيْفَ تَحْكُمُونَ How do you make judgment? Meaning on what basis are you making this decision? مَالَكُمْ What does مَالَكُمْ mean? What is for you? Meaning what is wrong with you? Or malakum, what do you have? Meaning what proof do you have? كَيْفَ تَحْكُمُونَ What kind of a judgment is this? How do you make such a misguided judgment? In Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 70, we learn, أَفَأَصْفَاكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ بِالْبَنِينَ وَاتَّخَذَ مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنَاثًا إِنَّكُمْ لَتَقُولُونَ قَوْلًا عَظِيمًا This is a great statement that you say. أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Then will you not be reminded? Will you not take a lesson? أَمْ or لَكُمْ for you Meaning do you have سُلْطَانٌ mubin A clear authority? And over here, what this clear authority is referring to is a clear proof, a textual proof that God has a child. فَأْتُوا If you do so, then فَأْتُوا Then bring بِكِتَابِكُمْ With your scripture, meaning produce your scripture, show it to me, إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ If you should be truthful. You see, there are two ways of proving something. Firstly, logic, reasoning, common logic. Alright? And like for example, ice is cold. How can you prove that ice is cold? Huh? It's common logic, right? Just touch it, put it in your mouth. It's obvious. Right? Secondly, another way of proving something is through evidence from a scripture, from a book, meaning quote a reference, quote something. So over here, first of all, logically they're refuted that it's not possible. You have no logical proof for attributing daughters to Allah. And secondly, you have no textual evidence either. فَأْتُوا بِكِتَابِكُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Logically, according to your own traditions, according to your own culture, this is something that does not make sense, that Allah would have daughters. And secondly, when it comes to scripture, you have no scripture that shows that Allah has daughters. وَجَعَلُوا And they made بَيْنَهُ Between him Who? Between Allah وَبَيْنَ الْجِنَّةِ And between the jinn They made between Allah and the jinn Nasaba, a lineage. Who? The mushrikeen. Another lie of theirs is being mentioned over here. The word al-jinnah. What does jinnah mean? Jinn. Okay, it's another word that is used for jinn. Okay, like in Surah An-Nas, min al-jinnati, wan-nas, min al-jinnati. Okay, some said that al-jinnah over here refers to the angels. That is not so because for the angels the word malaika is used. Alright? And for jinn, jinn is used as well as jinnah. Alright? So they made between Allah and between the jinn nasaba a lineage. The word nasab, nun sinba, is used for a relationship that exists between people through blood. Okay? Kinship. Here nasab does not mean in its literal sense as in relationship through blood, but it means sila. Relationship. What relationship did they make between Allah and the jinn? It is so evil, it's difficult to even mention it. 
it's so horrible that it's difficult to even mention it. You see the mushrikeen, they believe that the angels are female, they are divine, they are Allah's daughters. Now for daughters, there must be mothers. So who are the mothers? They said it's the jinn. So the relationship they made between Allah and the jinn, I don't need to say it, you can infer it yourselves. وَجَعَلُوا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْجِنَّةِ نَسَبًا Horrible. Allah says, وَلَقَدْ And certainly, عَلِمَتِ الْجِنَّةُ The jinn even know that إِنَّهُمْ لَمُحْضَرُونَ That indeed they are surely to be brought. Brought where? For questioning, for punishment. Meaning the jinn even know that they are Allah's creation and that in the hereafter, they're going to be brought for questioning, for hisab, for recompense. They're not divine. Even the jinn know that they are not divine. And look at these humans, they think that the jinn are divine. Allah says, Subhanallah, exalted is Allah. Amma yasifun, above what they describe. Yasifun from wasf, waw, sad, fa. Wasf is description, attribute. So all of these false attributes that they give to Allah, these lies that Allah has a daughters or that there's a nasab between him and the jinn, Allah is far above that. إِلَّا except عِبَادَ اللَّهِ الْمُخْلَصِينَ The chosen servants of Allah. Meaning, they do not attribute such lies to Allah. They are saved from this blasphemy. They are saved from this injustice. What belief do they have about Allah? The chosen servants of Allah? That Allah is one. إِنَّ إِلَاهَكُمْ لَوَاحِد As we learned at the beginning of the surah. So Ibadullah al-Mukhlasin, how do they call upon Allah? How do they describe Allah with the names and attributes that Allah has informed us of? And this is something very important for us to remember. Allah knows best about who He is and how He is. So when we describe Allah with any name or any attribute, we take that from where? From the Quran and Sunnah. Because Allah knows best about Himself. We don't make up descriptions of Allah. We don't make up names for Allah. إِلَّا عِبَادَ اللَّهِ الْمُخْلَصِينَ And the mukhlasin, the sincere servants, the chosen servants, those who are upon tawheed, even if the whole world around them is immersed in shirk. Allah says, فَإِنَّكُمْ So indeed you. Now the address is direct to who? to such idolaters, to such polytheists, that indeed you, وَمَا تَعْبُدُونَ And all that you worship, whatever that you worship, you and your false gods. مَا أَنْتُمْ مَا not أَنْتُمْ You all. You all, as in you and your false gods. You cannot, all of you together even cannot, عَلَيْهِ About him, against him. Against who? About who? Allah. عَلَيْهِ The ha, Bamir is referring to Allah. بِفَاتِنِينَ At all ones who tempt, who can tempt. فَاتِنِينَ is a plural of the word fatin. And fatin is from the word fitna. What does fitna mean? Temptation, tribulation, right? To tempt someone away from what they're supposed to do. This is one of the connotations of the word fitna. 
Right? Like for example, when you say that my phone is such a fitna for me these days, what does it mean? Huh? It's distracting you. It's distracting you from your work. It's not letting you focus. It's a fitna for you. Right? So, fatin is one who puts the other in fitna as in one who tempts the other away from what he's supposed to do. So, fatin can be understood as mudil. Mudil, meaning one who misguides, one who leads the other astray. So, ma antum alayhi bifatinin. Now, let's put it all together. You and your false gods cannot misguide people away from Allah. You understand? You and your false gods, meaning idolatry, cannot misguide all of humanity from Allah. Firstly, what this shows is that idolatry is indeed a big fitna. There are so many people who have been misguided because of idolatry. It's amazing. The Bani Israel, what happened? They see an idol and they say to Musa a.s. We want an idol too. اِجْعَلْ لَنَا إِلَهًا كَمَا لَهُمْ They have so many idols, can you please make one for us? Musa a.s. says, إِنَّكُمْ قَوْمٌ تَجْهَلُونَ He goes to and what happens? Samiri, he crafts an idol. And when he crafts it, just because it makes a sound, what do people do? They start worshipping it. And Harun salam in Surah Taha, ayah 90, he said, وَلَقَدْ قَالَ لَهُمْ هَارُونُ مِنْ قَبْلُ يَا قَوْمِ إِنَّمَا فُتِنْتُمْ بِهِ Oh my people, indeed you are فُتِنْتُمْ بِهِ You are being put in fitna through this, through this idol. It's leading you astray. So indeed, idolatry is a fitna. But Allah makes it very clear over here that idolatry can never ever misguide the sincere believers. No matter how common it is, no matter how rampant it is, no matter how standard practice it is, it will not affect the people of Tawheed. But generally, people with weak hearts, what happens to them? They get affected by these things. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an idolatry in the sense that there is literally an idol and people are worshipping. It could be in another form. But how? There are people who very easily, they lose focus. They forget about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just because they see something very beautiful, very attractive, very tempting. They see something nice and they forget about Allah. So we need to see what group do I belong to? Do I get misguided? Do I get turned away from Allah because of something that appears to be very beautiful? What am I doing to strengthen my faith in Allah? Because this evil is there. It is there. It's interesting how so many times people will get something of the dunya and you know for example a woman gets married and she gets all of a sudden lots of jewelry and nice clothes and so many parties and so much importance and so much glitter and glamour and happiness that one of the first things she begins to neglect is the rights of Allah. She's been tempted away. You understand? We don't need to talk about certain individuals. Every person needs to think about themselves. Is my faith in Allah strong enough that my heart remains salim despite all of these fitnas around me? Because 
everything is calling us towards itself. Whether it's in the form of an idol or whatever it may be, it's calling us. It's consuming us. What am I heading towards? What is my goal? مَا أَنْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ بِفَاتِنِينَ إِلَّا except مَنْ The one who, هُوَ he is صَالِ الْجَحِيمُ One to burn in the fire. Meaning, yes, such a person, he gets misguided by this shirk, by this idolatry. Once a companion asked the Prophet ﷺ that, O Messenger of Allah, tell me something about Islam which I could not ask anyone about except you. Meaning, exclusive, unique advice that I could get only from you. And the Prophet ﷺ said, قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ استقم. Say, I believe in Allah and then stand firm. Be steadfast. Don't get shaky. Don't keep falling for this one and that one and that one. No. ثُمَّ استقم. Remain steadfast. Because the one who doesn't, then إِلَّا مَنْ هُوَ صَالِ الْجَحِيمِ What's the outcome? Jahim. This is the end result of turning away from Allah. May Allah protect us all. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَأَرْسَلْنَاهُ إِلَىٰ مِئَةِ أَلْفٍ أَوْ يَزِيدُونَ فَآمَنُوا فَمَتَّعْنَاهُمْ إِلَىٰ فاستفتهم ألربك البنات ولهم البنون أم خلقنا الملائكة إناثا وهم شاهدون ألا إنهم من إفكهم ليقولون من إفكهم ليقولون ولد الله وإنهم لكاذبون أصطف البنات على البنين ما لكم كيف تحكمون أفلا تذكرون أم لكم سلطان مبين فأتوا بكتابكم إن كنتم صادقين وجعلوا بينه وبين الجنة نسبا ولقد علمت الجنة إنهم لمحضرون سبحان الله عما يصفون إلا عباد الله المخلصين فإنكم وما تعبدون ما أنتم عليه بفاتنين إلا من هو صال الجحيم